0: God, you are so good. We don't deserve it, but you're so good to us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sending your spirit to be here with us, to feel your presence, to always support us. In Jesus' name. have to say, I may have seen some tears on the stage, and that's almost made me cry over there. Don't do that to me. Last week, started a new four-week-long sermon series called Rooted, and in this series, the agricultural imagery is strong. It's we've talked last week about the the soil that's necessary to grow. Today we're going to talk a lot about the seeds, the soil and growth. You see, after a seed has been planted, what do you expect it to do next? We expect it to grow. That's what a seed is supposed to do. We expect it to grow, and ultimately, we all want that seed to grow and bear tons of delicious fruit. So last week, we talked about how the seeds need healthy soil to grow. This week, we're going to talk about the other necessary ingredients in the growth of a believer's faith. And I want to talk about those necessary agents of growth through the lens of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where it says, What after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose in each will be rewarded according to his own labor, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. It's important to remember that it's God who makes things grow. The seed matters. The soil matters water matters and the sunlight matters, but ultimately, the master gardener directs these agents of growth, and only he can cause growth. See, throughout 1 Corinthians, we see the early church fighting and quarreling about the different aspects of faith. Perhaps we haven't changed too much from then. In fact, there was such a problem that the Apostle Paul addresses this throughout two letters that he sends to the church in Corinth. And one of the specific arguments that they were having was over who to follow. They must have felt that one of them was greater or more productive than another. But Paul clearly states that these men are simply servants of God. And that the fighting needed to stop because spiritual growth was not the result of human hands. It's God who makes things grow. This commentary in Paul's letter was intended to free the readers from unnecessary comparisons to focus on God's work in each of their lives. Unfortunately, we continue to argue today about what's the best path for growth. Which Christian speaker is the best? Which church has been the most impactful? And on and on it goes. We'll find anything to argue about. But according to Paul, these things all have a place, but ultimately the growth is up to God. And it's good to know that God is interested in our growth. See, He sees a human heart as a field ready to bear fruit. And verse 9 said that, that we are God's co-workers in causing growth. Which makes you wonder: how can I do anything? to help God in His work. See, we must act with wisdom and and immerse ourselves in community with others who love Jesus and are growing themselves. We must dedicate ourselves to reading God's Word and to spending time with Him in prayer. We must regularly do what we're doing here this morning, and that's worship. We must constantly evaluate our lives and repent of any sin that we find. We must evaluate ourselves based upon the commandments and the instructions of Christ found in the Gospels. See, the expectation is that we would grow and mature in our faith because to be stagnant, is not an option. Paul makes a comparison in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 between milk, which is for infants, and solid food, which is for the mature. He says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it yet. And he ends it with, indeed, you are still not ready. Paul clearly communicates that each person is an infant in the faith, but they are expected to become a mature follower of God. Some Christians are comfortable with their current relationship with Jesus, even if it reveals immaturity and sin in their life. But that, that shouldn't be the case. See, it's our responsibility to take the necessary steps in each of our lives and also in other people's lives to be agents of change that God intends us to be. Let me ask you a question this morning. Is there somebody that you are pouring into to help them become the person they're supposed to be in Christ? Are you an agent of change in someone's life? You see, I can stand up here. I can't be an agent of change in everyone's life that's here. It's too many people. I, but I can be an agent of change in a small handful of people. Just like each of you can be an agent of change in someone's life. Let me give you an example. Riza, who almost made me cry this morning. It was a little over three years ago that we asked her to be the worship director here at TAF. And she would be probably the first person to tell you that she wasn't ready for that position. She could sing, she could play, but being a worship director is a lot more than singing and playing. And if I'm honest, we as a leadership team didn't really do a very good job with her. We kind of threw her out into the water and said, good luck. But I saw her heart, and I knew that I didn't want her to fail, so I invested my time in her. I can't do it for everyone, but for Risa, I could. So I spent time with her, praying with her, having Bible studies. We as a church also stepped into that role. We sent her to conferences. We, we helped her to become the leader that she is today. None of us know how long we're gonna be in a position. I don't know how much longer Riza's gonna be on this stage. Maybe I do. It might not be that much longer. who are you investing in? You are an agent of change in someone's life. Are you taking that time? Are you investing in people to make them become, to help God in helping them become who God wants them to be? See, it almost goes without saying that spiritual growth, Like natural growth Needs the right environment It would be ludicrous To think that an apple tree Could grow in the middle Of the Sahara Desert Similarly it's equally as ludicrous to think that believers can have a robust and fruitful life as a disciple of Jesus if they are constantly immersed in environments of sin and evil and unhealth where the divine agents of change can't help you me consider what paul presents in the book of colossians chapter 2 he says so then just as you received christ jesus as lord continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness Paul is essentially telling us, do the things you were doing when the gospel seed was first planted in your heart. Continue living in Him. Root yourself in Christ by being devoted to the Word, to the fellowship of believers, to worship and to prayer. Continue to be strengthened your commitments to overflow with gratitude and kindness. See, it's pretty hard to remain in a stagnant place when you're overflowing with thankfulness for all that God has done in your life. So we have to be willing to evaluate and to scrutinize the environments in which we're trying to grow. To be honest today about the things in your life that are not conducive to growth. See, it can be hard to differentiate between unhealthy times and situations from seasons of adversity where God may be actually using to help you grow. We're going to talk about that a little bit more next week, but it's important to recognize that seasons of adversity can promote healthy growth. In the book of James, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's important to be prayerful through adversity, to seek counsel from more mature believers in discerning adversity from unhealth and maybe most importantly to be humble enough to ask for help when you need it see we all have seasons of adversity we all need a little help from time to time it doesn't make you weak it makes you a human you will come through trials and adversity a stronger and more mature Version a more mature believer. And that's positive kingdom growth. You might not be where you want to be right now. But by the grace of God, you aren't what you used to be either. Trust in the process of growth. You are God's field. And it is God who will work through the agents of transformation to bring about growth in each of us. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let God's work, the work that He is doing, let it work inside each of us. Embrace the opportunities to be a healthy part in another person's growth process. So keep on meeting as believers. Keep on singing. Keep on praying. Keep pressing on. the journey is a long one. But the eternal destination is worth it all. Heavenly Father, uh, I know that you have a desire to see me grow. And I know that who I am now is not who I once was, and who I will be is not who I am now. Help me to recognize the areas of my life that need to be rearranged in order to create an environment conducive to growth. Give me the conviction, the conviction to make changes so that you might have full reign in my life. And help me to grow into the person you destined me to be. May every person hearing this say the same. In Jesus' name.